0: Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at HomeDepot.com.
2: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com.
3: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie Lambert. And I'm Sarah Dowdy. And we've talked about Queen Elizabeth I in a couple of podcasts, so... You know that her reputation was that of the Virgin Queen, and it's a reputation she worked very hard to maintain all throughout her life, and it's one that served her well.
2: Yeah, she was a game player. She encouraged suits from all sorts of
3: princes and fellow Englishmen, and deflected them adeptly. She never married, but she did have one great love, and his name was Robert Dudley. And to give a little background on Robert, they'd been friends since they were children. He said later in life, I have known her better than any man alive since she was eight years old.
2: And to sort of build up the myth that they shared, they both spent time in the tower together. It's unlikely that they ever saw each other there. Elizabeth was kept under very tight security, and um, Robert was actually
3: married at the time. But it, it plays into the romantic myth of course, they're both doomed, they're both imprisoned, and yet they find love quite close to home. But again, it never happened. But you can understand why someone might be attracted to Robert. He was six feet tall, very attractive. Um, Dark skinned. Some called him the gypsy. Which I really love because Elizabeth, of course, is the rose. Exactly. (laughs) Gypsy rose. Sarah thought this was a really funny joke earlier. (laughs) He has red brown hair and a mustache. He's very active. He danced and sang, was a wonderful conversationalist. He was very well educated.
2: But he's also from a rather traitorous family. He's the son of Northumberland uh, who is involved in treason. So, he doesn't have the best pedigree when it comes to being loyal to the monarch.
3: And he is, of course, of too common birth to be considered an appropriate suitor for a queen. So that's something we'll keep in mind. But he was married to someone else, a woman named Amy, and it was a love match and a very happy marriage, at least at first.
2: So that's Robert and Elizabeth's Uh, personal history. But he makes his public entrance into her life when she appoints him master of the horse the day after she ascends to the throne. And if you don't know what that job is, uh, it's, it's pretty important. It's to purchase, breed, train, and maintain the queen and the court's horses. And for somebody like Elizabeth, who goes on a grand progress every year, that's a big deal.
3: He also had to organize state processions and entertainment, like tournaments and banquets. So there's a bit of an event planner. And he's good at it. it. Yes, he's very good at it. So... In time, Robert becomes more important to the Queen. She's asking him about state affairs, and he's influencing her in her dealings with the clergy. Most days, together, they're riding and hunting. And she didn't try to keep any of this secret. She was really open about how much she admired him and how great of a guy she thought he was. She praised him publicly. She would dance with him at balls. None of this was shady. Yeah, and
2: and this is elizabeth is trying to make it so open so that people won't talk about it so there's nothing suspicious and we have to remember from our uh, our early life of elizabeth podcast she's involved in uh, a shady relationship with a married man in her teens and it almost ruins her it almost it almost gets her killed it almost drops her from the line of
3: succession so she's not going to make mistakes like that anymore But gossip, of course, simply happens. And as the Queen was in Robert's chamber day and night, people started saying that she was only waiting for his wife to die so she could marry him. And also remember that everyone wanted Elizabeth to get married. It was inconceivable that she would stay single. She, however, didn't want to for a lot of possible reasons, which we talked more about in her early life podcast. But some of them were just not wanting to give up to her power because, of course, husband was considered sovereign over his wife, and Elizabeth really enjoyed being who she was. Well,
2: and and she associated marriage with death, and she was probably quite frightened of childbirth, as as a Tudor woman would be. It's no surprise. So many women died in childbirth at the time.
3: But despite all of this gossip, because of court etiquette, it's not like Elizabeth ever would have really been alone with Robert. There's no evidence of a sexual relationship between them, and Again, at the time, there wasn't a good, reliable method of contraception, so it's very likely if she were having sex with him, we would have very physical evidence to show yeah. for it. But Robert continues to raise eyebrows,
2: and Elizabeth really helps this when she bestows on him the Order of the Garter, which is far beyond his qualifications.
3: And he also gets you know, a mansion in queue, he gets land, he gets money, and he's still acting in a somewhat political role, despite the fact that that's not his job and giving her advice. She keeps him in line. She makes it very clear that she is the boss and he is her underling. But nonetheless, people are suspicious of him and his influence because who knows how far it ranges and who knows just how ambitious he is.
2: Well, and on a personal level, it really does seem like true love. If you look at their letters, you can see the regard they have for each other. And she addresses him as her Bonnie, sweet Robin.
3: And, of course, the benefit for her is that he's already married, but his wife, Amy, is in the country. So she can have all the fun she wants without all the marriage stuff that she is so afraid of.
2: Yeah, and and entertain the ambassadors who are pressing the suit of their foreign princes without having a a legitimate
3: guy on the side who might be a suitor himself. Exactly. So they're using each other a little bit, and Robert continues to ascend. He's doing very well for himself. He does get knight of the garter and eventually attains the completely uncoveted role of one of the most hated men (coughs) in England. And I was saying to Sarah earlier it's so funny to see a guy as the hated favorite instead of say somebody like Madame Pompadour and the French yeah. kings it's really interesting so reversal he's resented he's feared he's distrusted and his personal characteristics don't really help this image of him because he is kind of snobbish and very ambitious and then
2: he, he makes himself the gateway to the queen if you want to see her first you have to go through Dudley and it's not e- easy and he even tries to sabotage some marriage arrangements for her and, you know, saying it wasn't a good idea for England or, uh, the suitor himself isn't a a good man and just befuddling everything.
3: But he clearly is again, her favorite and her old governess, who is the one who helped extricate her from that first inappropriate relationship, begs her to stop this what's going on with Robert, and to please get married and produce an heir for England. But Elizabeth, and this is a poignant moment, says that she has so little joy in her life aside from him and so much sorrow. So he's, you know, her one special thing she has to herself in this life of governing England.
2: But the gossip goes beyond just sort of court um, disapproval. And the stuff that the town people are saying can get pretty nasty. It's rumored that she goes on progress every year to give birth to Robert's child, and she's got about five by now or something. She sounds a bit difficult. And she... Sternly punishes the people who who are talking about her like that.
3: But again, she's not shy about how she feels about him. At one point, they're staying at Whitehall, and Robert said his rooms were damp, so the Queen gave him a suite next to her. She's flaunting it. She's not behaving herself in a modest sort of way, because she thinks, you know, she's the monarch, and who are they to question what she's doing? Because she knows she's not doing anything, quote, unseemly. So no one should be questioning her when she's you know, acting perfectly innocently with her core favorite. There is talk of Robert, though, trying to poison his wife or get his marriage dissolved so he can marry the queen. And this is when his wife comes back into the story. So Elizabeth doesn't like Amy Dudley,
2: and Robert only has the one house at Kew. And Elizabeth likes to go and visit him there. So Amy isn't allowed to be in her own house. She's shuttled around between friends and family. And um, Robert and Amy don't see each other very much. He tries to make it up to her by sending her gifts all the
3: time. But she's a, a sad, lonely lady. And by September 1560, we do have evidence from contemporary accounts that she was very depressed. We don't know if that's because she was ill. There were a lot of rumors at the time that she had a malady in her breast, or if it was because her unhappy marriage and her husband's relationship with the Queen. But on September 8th, 1560... Amy unusually sends all of her servants away to a religious fair, and some of them objected because it was a Sunday and they didn't think it was appropriate, but she forces them to go, and she's angry when one of them decides to stay with her. And when they come back from the fair, they find the body of Amy Dudley at the foot of a shallow set of stone stairs with a broken neck.
2: So this obviously changes the game a lot between Elizabeth and Dudley.
3: And when they're both told, Elizabeth is completely shocked, speechless, and Dudley seems confused. He asks for an inquiry into her death, which, of course, they needed. And Elizabeth goes into her mode of propriety, and she makes the news public. She says publicly that it was an accident and sets up an inquest. And then she sends him away, knowing that it looks bad that he's with her. He needs to stay away until she hears from the coroner.
2: So Dudley thinks Amy has been murdered, and... He doesn't seem too sad about it, but he desperately wants to clear his name. Some people, on the other hand, are thinking that it was suicide because Amy was so upset, either over potential illness or because of Dudley and Elizabeth. Um, But because suicide is a mortal sin, they're keeping that to themselves for the most part.
3: And the coroner's verdict is accidental death. But Dudley, again, is convinced that it's murder. And he wants another verdict. He has to clear his name. But Elizabeth says that one is enough. And Dudley's invited back to court, and Elizabeth orders the court to mourn for a month. But people, people still think, he's, think guilty. he's guilty. yeah. And they continue to think he's guilty for pretty much the rest of his life. In the 1900s, her coffin was exhumed, but there was only dust in it. It's the theme
2: to all of our podcasts, exhuming <laughs> the body.
3: The only thing Amy Dudley and Meriwether Lewis possibly have in common. <laughs> a modern suggestion is perhaps that In in some cases of breast cancer, it can weaken your bones, and a little fall like that could do something as serious as break your neck. But it's also possible that it was murder, and we have one main suspect. Yeah, the only person who would actually benefit from the
2: death of Amy Dudley was William Cecil, who's Elizabeth's chief advisor, who hates Dudley and doesn't want to see him anywhere near
3: the Queen. And with the taint of this mysterious death on him... It's absolutely impossible for Elizabeth to marry Dudley now, even if she'd wanted to before. The people would revolt. She needs to get rid of him. Everyone's up in arms that she's in a relationship with a possible murderer. The foreign courts of Europe are completely appalled, and so she has to put head over heart.
2: So when it comes time for the public ceremony to raise Dudley to the peerage, she cuts up the papers and referenced his traitorous family all in front of him. So that is
3: just a slap in the face. It,
2: yeah, if if raising him to master of the horse was the public declaration of their friendship, their close friendship, this is the public declaration of Elizabeth's disapproval.
3: So Dudley's a bit out in the cold, and for some reason, his tactic is to try to get in good with King Philip. He wants him on his side to help make his suit to Elizabeth and tells Philip that he'll help restore Catholicism to England if Philip helps him, which, of course, is not going to happen. And Cecil thwarts his efforts in any way possible, as he will continue to do for the rest of his life.
2: And and Dudley is still hoping that the Queen will marry him, but she's playing with him, giving him a nice apartment next to hers one minute, and then making a joke about how he's just her little dog the next. Very humiliating.
3: He's not doing too badly as far as, say, pensions and privileges are going, but he can't have what he wants, which is marriage to Elizabeth, partly for love and partly for ambition. Yeah. She
2: does eventually raise him to the peerage, though, after that humiliating incident. Um,
3: And this time she tickles his neck when she does it. She's such a flirt. She (laughs) picks me up. So he becomes the Earl of Leicester, and he's one of the four most powerful men in England, along with um, Norfolk, Sussex, and... William Cecil. And now that he is one of the most powerful men in England and not kind of low
2: of birth, he, he does have some supporters. People are really worried that Elizabeth hasn't decided on the succession yet, and she's middle aged by this point, at least by Renaissance standards, and they want her to marry somebody
3: and have an heir. So the game playing continues, and Dudley fears that she had made up her mind to wed some great prince, he tells someone else. So he raises the stakes, and he starts up a flirtation with Latisse Devereaux, the Countess of Essex, who's a cousin of Elizabeth's. And, very beautiful, too. Right. And the motive, supposedly, is to make Elizabeth jealous and see if she really wants to marry him. This backfires spectacularly. Elizabeth begins to give her attention to another young man at court, and they have a giant fight. Elizabeth yells at Robert, I have wished you well, but my favor is not so locked up for you that others shall not participate thereof. Which... Is a line I plan to remember, but they reconcile both of them in tears, which is characteristic of their very passionate relationship. But you can't this sustain kind of that level of passion. passion. Can't be sustained. Yeah, these huge fights and then these
2: dramatic makeups. Uh, they can't keep on doing this.
3: And in a sense, for the two of them, this part of their relationship is when things change. Dudley is tired of the court, he's tired of all the little scandals and the political intrigues, and he's completely exhausted by Elizabeth's games, as anyone would be, I think. And it's beginning to become clear to him that she will never marry him. He hasn't accepted it yet, but he's got, you know, a little inkling.
2: Well, he's tired of being blamed, too, for being the one who makes all her marriage arrangements fall through. She uses him for that, but, um... He's he's tired of being her scapegoat.
3: She likes to do things like banish him from court and then send him a letter saying he should never leave her side, and then he comes back, and after a while she throws him out again and invites him back. It's tiring just to read about, much less to be part of. My favorite detail is, at one point... Cecil is comparing Robert to an Archduke, and he makes up an actual chart of their pros and cons to show that Dudley simply isn't as good as the Archduke.
2: We were joking. It would have mustache, pro, con, (laughs) wife murderer.
3: The idea of them getting married seems more and more remote as time goes by, but those rumors never stop. It's always swirling around that maybe, maybe he'll be the one, because again, she's really, really good at this. She's such a manipulator. And I kept thinking as I was researching this, and maybe this is something about me more than her, but don't hate the player, hate the game, because she is such a good little player. And this whole time she's entertaining different suitors and never really has any serious intentions of accepting any of them as a husband.
2: So as their relationship changes, they become, they do
3: lose some of that passion,
2: and they become more like an old married couple who kind of bickers at each other, and they're fond of each other. And um, But around 1572, he has a secret marriage to Lady Sheffield. So he's moved on to a certain extent.
3: And he and Lady Sheffield have a baby together after this secret marriage, and... Dudley, also known as Lester from this point on, because he is the Earl of Leicester, wanted to acknowledge him, but he couldn't because Elizabeth thought it was a bastard and probably honestly would have flipped out if she'd known that he'd married someone else. So he calls the son the badge of his sin for the rest of his life, even though he so desperately wanted an heir. And not that his relationship with the queen has ended. During her progress in 1575, which ended at Kenilworth, she told him that she couldn't see the formal garden from her window. So overnight, he had a completely new one set up where she could see it.
2: Yeah, he really plays the role of the cavalier well sometimes with Elizabeth. But that same year, he starts up again with Latisse, who is married, and knights aren't supposed to sleep with other knights' wives. So this is pretty scandalous, but eventually her husband dies, and she's pregnant by Lester, so he marries her.
3: But if his marriage to Lady Sheffield was real, and there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it was, he was a bigamist, and then this baby really wouldn't be legitimate, and he really wanted that legitimate heir. Elizabeth found out about this marriage, no one's sure if he told her or if someone else told her, but she was broken-hearted and felt completely betrayed by him.
2: But they come to a certain arrangement of sorts, and if he'll continue to be her favorite, be her knight, and pretend nothing happened, basically turn Lettice into an Amy, that old wife who stays with her relatives and friends, uh, then Elizabeth will put, pretend that nothing
3: happened either, and it'll all be okay. But she doesn't quite stick to that, because Elizabeth hates Lettice now, who really should have okayed her marriage with Elizabeth in the first place. But Elizabeth actually boxes her ears when Letiz shows up at court in her fancy clothes and tells her, As but one sun lights the east, so I shall have but one queen in England. At which point, I think Lester realizes what he's done, setting him up, setting himself up between these two women. Despite this seeming accord between Lester and the queen, she is in a perpetual bad mood, according to everyone at court. She keeps him away from his wife whenever she can, and just in general is nasty to be around.
2: Lester finally gets what he wants, though, which is an heir by Latisse, a son who Robert adores, uh, but he unfortunately dies quite young. Um, And then Lester himself dies, probably of stomach cancer, on September fourth, 1588, uh, rumored to have been poisoned by Latisse, who had a lover, but who knows about that.
3: Elizabeth was completely devastated by his death. She locked herself in her room for days, and she took the last letter that he wrote her and labeled it last letter and put it in a little box by her bed where it stayed until the day she died. And he
2: left her a rope of 600 pearls. We've kind of been tracing the roots of Elizabeth Elizabeth's pearls in these podcasts, but um, among other things, and she wears these pearls in her Armada portrait.
3: And let us say also that Elizabeth got her revenge on Latisse. Lester died with debts, and the Queen made sure that Latisse had to auction off everything they owned to pay them, which wasn't very nice. Cold (laughs) Elizabeth. That coolness and that ruthlessness
2: goes along with how we usually think of Elizabeth, which is bigger than life. The Virgin Queen, Gloriana, uh, always managing things, just Just quite right. But it's interesting to look at her relationship with Robert, because it is so human and it shows that human side of someone who tries to almost strip it from her public persona.
3: And in one way, she could have had him because he wanted her and he loved her and he would have married her, but In another, she couldn't, and not just because most of her people were against it and he wasn't suitable, but he wouldn't have been nearly as wonderful a husband as he was a companion to her. He was really ambitious, and Cecil, for one, was afraid he'd be a jealous and unkind husband. And it was funny doing the research, watching their relationship evolve, because you have all the same petty you know, jealousies and insecurities and little fights that plague any relationship, but they're magnified to this Royal scale with state importance.
2: Yeah. So I think that about wraps up
3: the life of Elizabeth. We've covered it, right? I think we're pretty much done with her for now, but be on the lookout for Mary, Queen of Scots and Lord Darnley. And you can be looking for the Stuarts and the tutors to be popping up in the Stuff You Missed in History blog. You can go to blogs.howstuffworks.com to look for them or on our homepage at www.howstuffworks.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
0: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah.